You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Second Corinthians chapter number four. Second Corinthians chapter number four. And when you find your place there, if you're able, if you could please stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. And at this time, we'll dismiss those to our junior church over to their program. We're thankful for all of our junior church workers and for all of our children that are part of our church. First, uh, Second Corinthians chapter four, beginning in verse number one. The Bible says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the lights of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And let's pray. Our Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. I thank you that your word has the answer. I thank you that your word gives us direction. It gives us meaning. It gives us purpose. I thank you for the power of the word of God to correct things and to convict us. I thank you for the power of your word to encourage us, to keep us uh, on track and to keep us living for you. I pray that as Christians, we would be what you'd have us to be. I pray that you would speak to our hearts through the preaching of your word this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The Bible says in verse number three, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. The gospel is by definition, the gospel is good news. How many of you love good news? I love good news. The gospel is not just good news, it's the greatest news. There, there's no better news on the planet than the news that Jesus Christ, He came, He died on a cross, He was buried in a tomb, but He didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave. That's the gospel of Jesus. That's the good news. But the Bible says here that there's something that can happen. It says that our gospel can be hid. Now, notice it's not just saying the gospel, but it says it is our gospel. You know why it's our gospel? Because if you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, it's personal. You have received the good news. And I want to remind you, it, it may not be good for you at work. It may not be good for you with your health. It might not be good for you in other situations of life. But if you know Jesus Christ as Savior, had some good news. That's something to rejoice in. That's something to be happy about. That's something to ponder and meditate. The fact that because of the gospel, you don't have to go to hell. 
I don't have to go to hell. I'm going to heaven. My name has been written down in the book of life and I'm a child of the king. I'm joint heirs with Jesus Christ. What a blessing to have the good news of the gospel. The Bible says this, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. The word hid, it literally means to hide something. It means to veil or to cover. It means to hinder the knowledge of a thing. Did you know if you are trying to hide something, then obviously if you're trying to do it, then that's intentional. Uh, Maybe at your house, uh, maybe you have children who love chocolate chip cookies. Maybe it's not a child. Maybe it's an adult in the house. Maybe it's an assistant pastor. And you have those desserts. You got to hide them, right? Because if you don't hide them, they're going to disappear. They're going to be taken before the harvest party. But you hide something. You hide some things on purpose. But then there are other things that become hidden, and it's not on purpose. It's unintentional. Maybe it's something that was careless. Maybe it was something that was just being lazy or just, just not thinking. I have on this chair up here, I have uh, my cell phone and I have my keys and I will need those later today. But if I were in the middle of preaching and if I were to throw my jacket over that chair and that jacket is now covering, it is, it is hiding my cell phone, it's hiding my keys. I'm not trying to hide them. That was not an intentional act to hide those things because I need them. But if I wasn't paying attention and then later I'm looking everywhere and I'm asking my wife, I'm saying, Joanna, have you seen my keys? And I asked Lacey and Savannah, I say, girls, have you seen my cell phone? I need it. Would you know where it is? And, and we begin to look. And eventually, if we looked long enough, we'd say, oh, duh, there it is right where I left them. And I'm the one that actually covered or I'm the one that hid them. And it wasn't done on purpose. It was unintentional. Sometimes there are things that we cover because we're ashamed of them. Now, fellas, I don't know if you have ever done this, but um, maybe you have a shirt and you put that shirt on for church and you realize, "Uh uh-oh, this shirt has not been ironed or this shirt was not properly cleaned since the last time I ate lunch and I got some spills on that, and so you gotta put a tie on. You know, ties cover a lot of stains, especially in the middle of your shirt, you know? Or maybe you say, I'm gonna throw on a jacket. Or in the winter time, you say, no time to iron? Put a sweater on, right? And that will cover something that I'm ashamed of, something that I don't want anybody to see. There's some things we'll cover like that. I remember hearing Tony Hudson, he, uh, he's a, a pastor in Tennessee. He travels and preaches, but Tony Hudson, he grew up, of course, his dad, uh, Dr. Curtis Hudson, was the editor of The Sword of the Lord and just a great preacher, great soul winner. But Tony Hudson tells the story about uh, that his family having Lester Roloff coming to their home to have a meal. And, uh, and again, with Brother Tony Hudson, I, don't, I think this is true. I don't think this is an exaggeration. But he said, we knew that Lester Roloff, he was against coffee. Now, how many of you think you'd have a problem with that if uh, you had a preacher that was against coffee? My hand is up too, and you know why? It's because we're all a bunch of addicts, aren't we, right? But he was against coffee, so 
Brother, Brother Tony said, so my mom and daddy said, we'd stash the coffee pot. We'd hide the coffee pot when Lester Roloff came. And then Lester Roloff, he was against the television. And by the way, how many of you know that's not a bad thing to be against? As a matter of fact, it's harder to find something good on TV uh, than it is to, you know, to, to find something good anywhere else. It's, it's a disaster. But they said, Brother Tony said, but said, we had a TV. And of course, that was back before you had the flat screens. You mounted on the wall. He said, we had this big old box TV. So he said, so mom would always put a tablecloth over it just to make it look like it was, a, uh, you know, a cabinet or something like that. But he said we would cover those things up. Well, it's because they were ashamed of Lester Roloff seeing those things in their home. Well, can I tell you, we have the gospel. And the Bible tells us that if our gospel be hid, then it is hid to them that are lost. This past, I think it was Friday, Joanna, I was trying to remember which day it was, but I got home from work and I went out in the backyard and Joanna was out in the backyard and the kids were out in the back. It was after school, I think it was five o'clock or something like that. And uh, brother and Mrs. Schnur were out there. They're our back, they're our back neighbors. And uh, John Pittman, maybe you know John, he's a great man. He's a big help to us around the church. He trims a lot of our bushes and helps us with the trees and all that. And, but uh, he was out there and uh, they were, he was talking to the Schnurrs, doing something over there. And so Joanna was asking about something in our yard. And, and John made the comment about we have a, a natural area and there's some rocks that just completely surround that natural area. Well, when we moved to that house seven years ago, uh, those rocks were there. But over time, the, the, the shrubs and the plants and the, the bushes and things kind of grew up. And over time, they kind of got covered a little bit more with, with dirt and with some grass and some different things. And so you almost couldn't see them. You almost didn't know they were there. Well, Joanna got out, I guess it would have been in the spring, and she just completely just uncovered all those rocks, and they're all placed just beautifully, and they kind of surround a, the natural area. They look beautiful, and, and John Pittman had commented on this, said, wow, those rocks, they're, they're huge, and they really stand out, and they look nice, and, and the truth is, they were there all along. But over time, they kind of got covered. Over time, they kind of got overgrown. Over time, they were neglected. And you say, well, whose responsibility is the yard? That's my responsibility, so I'm the one that neglected them. But can I tell you this? It wasn't on purpose. Joanna and I never sat down and said, you know, we need to cover those rocks. Those rocks look too good. That natural area, that just looks way too nice. We got to cover that up. We got to hide. No, we didn't. As a matter of fact, if you would have come to, to our yard maybe a, couple, a year or two ago and you'd have walked by, you may not have even noticed them. They were there but they were hidden. I want to tell you, friend, I think sometimes we get saved. We've got the gospel. We've got the good news that somebody shared to us, but over time, maybe because of carelessness, maybe because of laziness, maybe because of other reasons we get too busy, it seems like our gospel, our light, our testimony, our witness becomes covered. It becomes hidden. And here's the problem. If our gospel be hid, the Bible says, it is hid to them that are lost. You know who is affected the most when our gospel is hid? The people that need it the most. The people that are lost. This word here literally is the word perishing. That's why John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, should not be lost, but have everlasting life. 
The gospel was given so that people wouldn't have to perish. People can know the gospel. Number one, let me give you a few thoughts quickly. I see there's a ministry. It says in verse one, therefore, seeing we have this ministry. You say, well, pastor, I'm glad you, I'm glad you know that. But the ministry is for the pastor. The ministry is for the assistant pastors. The ministry is for the deacons. And by the way, we have some deacons in this church who the deacons were called in the book of Acts to serve because the widows had been neglected and the, the pastors needed to give themselves to the word of God and to prayer. And we've got some deacons in this church that know how to serve and they love and they serve and they don't try to get the limelight. They want to just serve and minister to God's people. But it's not just the deacon's responsibility. It's not just the nursery worker's responsibility. It's not just the bus workers or the junior church or the Sunday school workers. It is all of our responsibility to be a part of the ministry. The word ministry means service or ministering or executing the commands of another. That is why Jesus came. Jesus came, the Bible says, not to be ministered unto, not to be served, but he came to minister and to give his life for us. I want to say the ministry is the responsibility of every born again child of God. If you're here this morning and you've been saved, then you have a responsibility to serve. And serving God ought not be a drudgery. Serving God ought not be, oh, I've got it so hard. Oh, I tell you what, this week, 168 hours, I had to spend a whole three hours serving God this week. Are you kidding me? We have the privilege to serve God. We have the privilege to come to church. We've got the privilege to sing in a choir or the privilege to work in a nursery or the privilege to work on a bus ride. You say, why is it a privilege? Because of who we get to serve. We get to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the ministry is what God has given us to do. Now, I don't know what it's like at your workplace, but maybe you've got somebody at your workplace that you're not really sure what they do. Maybe it's you. <laughs> maybe you're the one that nobody really knows what you do. Uh, maybe somebody will come in and they'll kind of small talk and say, well, what do you do around here? And you kind of have to scramble a little bit and kind of get creative, you know, in your uh, job description, so to speak. Well, what if somebody caught you coming out of Victory Baptist Church and said, hey, what do you do at Victory Baptist Church? Can I tell you, there ought to be something that you do. There ought to be some ministry that you do. Now you say, well, I can't, I can't serve in the nursery and I can't sing in the choir and I can't teach a class, so therefore I'm off the hook. Oh, no, you're not. Did you know that you can serve God outside of these walls? Did you know that you ought to serve God outside of these walls? Did you know there are people out in this world that you can help? There are people that you can witness to. There are people that you can call. There are people you can write. There are people that you can cook a meal for. There's somebody you can go and say, let me mow your lawn. Let me rake your leaves. I just want to be a blessing. I know you're having a hard time. Did you know that you can serve in many ways? You could take a list from Wednesday night and you could just pray over that list. You could be a prayer warrior. 
That could be your ministry. And by the way, we need some more prayer warriors. Some of you could get a, get a list of our missionaries and say, I'm going to pray for our missionaries every week. You could get one of these offering envelopes and say, I may not be able to go to a mission field, but I can give money so that somebody else can go. You can get one of these offering envelopes and say, I can't, I can't uh, teach at the Christian school or I can't maybe serve at the Christian school, but I can give so that some children can go to a Christian school. Can I tell you this? There's something for you to do. We have a ministry. It is our responsibility to serve God. And Paul said this, we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. Number one is the ministry. Number two, I see the motivation. Paul said, my motivation for serving in the ministry. He said, here's the reason why I serve and here's the reason why I don't quit. That's what the word faint means. He says, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to give up on God. And here's why. Here's his motivation. It wasn't, and I need to ask Caleb about this later because apparently he didn't get the T-ball trophy. But Paul's motivation was not so that I get a certificate from the church at the end of the year. Paul said, my recognition is not so that somebody's going to give me a standing ovation when I come into town. As a matter of fact, it was the opposite. He either got the standing ovation or he got stoned or he got chased out of town or he got beaten or he got thrown into prison. That's the kind of reception Paul got often. But he said, that's not my motivation. He said, my motivation is because we have received mercy. Paul said, Jesus died on the cross for me. Jesus loved me so much. He showed me mercy. He saved my soul. He gave me a new life. He forgave my sins. And Paul said, because I've received mercy, I'm going to keep on serving God. I want to ask you this morning, I don't mean to, I don't mean to discredit uh, the issues you have. I don't mean to downplay your problems because I know we've all got problems. But what is it that's so hard in your life? that you can't live for God? What is it that's so difficult for you that you say, I'm going to quit on God? I got news for you. What you're dealing with is not as much as Jesus went through on the cross. What, what you're going through is not as much as the price that Jesus paid that showed you mercy. The motivation is we have received mercy. Praise God for His mercy. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We're not here because we uh, met a list of qualifications. We are here only by the mercy of God. And Paul said, that's my motivation. Number three, the message. He said, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You see, the gospel is good news, but it's only good news if it's delivered. Now, what if... And, 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 and hear me out on this. I, I, I want to explain kind of where I'm going with this. But if you're at work and your boss decides and you don't, you don't know anything about it, you don't hear anything about it, your boss decides, I am giving you a raise. I'm, actually, I'm not just giving you a raise. I'm giving you a bonus. And he's got that paper sitting on his desk. And he never gives it to you. And he never gives it to the finance department. As a matter of fact, he never gives it to anybody. It sits on his desk. And the message is never delivered. Now, some of you 
are thinking right now, I need to go check my boss's desk and just see if there's anything like that there because that needs to be dealt with, right? Or what about this? What if the boss does let the finance department know and they come back to, they come back to your boss and they say, here's, here's the check. Here is the bonus check for Mike Sewell. Now, when you're self-employed, I don't think you get the bonus checks, right, brother? But there's the bonus check for Mike Sewell. It's sitting on the boss's desk, but Mike doesn't know about it. The boss never tells him. The boss forgets. That paper gets buried in a stack. That, paper, that, that check ends up being tossed in the trash can, and it is never, ever delivered. And I know what some of you are thinking. Well, I get direct deposit. So that ruins the illustration, okay? So just stay with me. If you never get that check, if it's never delivered to you, then it doesn't do you any good, right? Are you following me? And the gospel is only good news if it gets delivered to the people that it's intended for. You say, well, who's the gospel intended for? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We have a message. Our message is the gospel. Notice verse 2. We have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. You see, we're not making something up because we like it. We're not making something up because it helps our cause. What we are doing is we are delivering the truth exactly as God gave it because that is the message of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We live in a world that is dark. Notice verse number four, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. Could I tell you, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5 reminds us that we're to let our light, we're to let our testimony shine before this world. And you say, well, pastor, the world is so dark spiritually, and I agree it is. But what makes a place dark? What makes a place dark is the absence of light. When light and darkness meet, the light always wins. When light and darkness come together, the light shines and the darkness is dispelled. And so we have the victory. We have the overcoming edge because we have the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the light that can save anybody. The Bible says that Satan has blinded the minds of them, which is true. But guess what happens? When Jesus came by, and Jesus met those who were blind physically. Guess what Jesus could do? Brother Mike sang about it. The blind were made to see. I like that one blind man that Jesus healed. They came to him after the fact and they said, hey, what happened to you? How did this happen? You were blind, but now you can see. And the man said, I don't know. He said, honestly, I can't tell you all that happened, but all I know is this. I once was blind, but now I see. And friend, Jesus can not only cure the physical blindness, but Jesus can cure the spiritual blindness, those that have been blinded by sin and those that have been blinded by religion and those that have been blinded by the deceitfulness of this world. Jesus Christ can bring light and Jesus Christ can bring hope. 
to a person who has been blinded by the old devil. We see it's a glorious gospel, verse 4. It's hard to really put into words what this gospel is, but it is glorious, it is wonderful, it is magnificent, it is marvelous, it is the gospel, it's the message that we have. Our message is not to tell everybody what a great church we have. Our message is not to tell everybody what great people we have. Our message is not to tell everybody what great programs we have. Our message is to tell people what a great and glorious gospel we have in Jesus Christ. And He is the way, the truth, and the life. The message, our message sometimes is hidden. Our message sometimes is covered. So how do we uncover it? How do we keep it from being hidden to this world? How do we share it with others? I'll tell you one way. It's just to talk to people. We talk to people about sports and we talk to people about the weather. But wouldn't it be great to talk to people about what Jesus did in our lives? Wouldn't it be good to talk to people about our testimony and share with them how Jesus saved us? And if Jesus could save us, he could save them as well. How about inviting people to church? You know, it's amazing. Sometimes we don't know all the things to say, but it's amazing. If you invite somebody to church, they come to church. And guess what happens when they come to church? They hear the gospel. They have the opportunity to get saved. And I thank the Lord. I see Brother Sterling back here and, and others in this church who recently somebody invited you to come. And guess what? You heard the gospel. You got saved. You got baptized. And it made a difference in your life. You can go out. We go out every week. Uh, I, I, we've, I've been in recent weeks and months. My family's been going out with me. And we're, we're putting flyers on doors. Really, that's what we're doing. If somebody's out. Uh, a week ago Saturday, there was a, a young lady that was out and Joanna got to talk to her and she was already saved, but she got to share the gospel with her to make sure. But we go up to doors and you say, well, that's kind of hard, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you how hard it is. My daughter, Chloe, she's five and she can do it. You just have to take a flyer and just fold it and put it in the door. My daughter, Kylie, uh, she just turned four and she can do it. As a matter of fact, she kind of gets upset with me if I don't let her do all the doors. It's like, Daddy, I want to do the next one. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying anybody can do it. Anybody can just share the good news. Anybody can say, hey, I got some good news for you. I want you to read it. But many times our gospel is hid. And it is hid to those that are lost. You can pray for boldness. You can pray for others. You can pray for missionaries. You can give. We can give so that the gospel can go out. But we have a message. Number one, our ministry. Two, our motivation. Three, our message. Number four, our master. The Bible says we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. We are servants of the Lord. This verse tells us we are servants to the world. You say, well, how in the world are we servants to the world? Well, if you turn back with me to Romans chapter 1, Paul said it like this in verse number 14. He said, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians and both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed, verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God and his salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul said in Romans, he said, I'm a debtor. He said, I owe a debt. He said, I owe a debt because somebody shared the gospel with me. I have a responsibility to share it 
with somebody else. Can I tell you, we have a master, our master. Verse number six, the Bible says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have a master. We're not here for ourselves. We preach not ourselves, but we preach Christ. He is our master. When the master speaks, we must obey. And then lastly, I see number five, I see the miracle. The miracle is found in verse number seven. The Bible says, but we have this treasure. What are we talking about? What's the treasure? The treasure is the gospel. The treasure is the light. The treasure is we have the truth of the word of God that Jesus saves. And we have this treasure, the Bible says, in earthen vessels. Now, if you had a valuable treasure, would you find an old, holy, uh, uh, rotted cardboard box to stick that treasure in? No, I wouldn't. If you had a treasure, you would get the best container. You would get the most secure. Uh, you would get something that is fireproof, something that is waterproof, something that could be locked, some, something that could be protected. And you wouldn't want to have an important treasure in an old, rusty, beaten up, holy container. But here's what's so amazing. You know who are the vessels that get to carry the gospel? Us. And you know what we are? We're flesh. We're dust. We're dirt. We're frail. We're fragile. Earthen vessel is literally the idea of a, of a pot or a, a container that is made out of clay or made out of dirt. Not very impressive, is it? But you know what is impressive? The treasure that we have in the vessel. You know what's impressive? Not what you see on the outside. And please don't say amen there. That was a close one. What's impressive is not what's on the outside, but I'll tell you what's impressive. The, what's impressive is the work that God has done in my heart and He can do it in yours and He'll do it in whosoever will. It's not about us, but it's about the gospel of Jesus Christ that made the difference. The story is found in the book of Judges of Gideon. Gideon had 300 men and each of those men were uh, given a station surrounding the Midianite army. Literally over a hundred thousand enemy soldiers and Gideon's 300 were supposed to fight the Midianites. Gideon gave every man a trumpet. He gave every man a lamp and he gave every man a pitcher or a vessel. That vessel was to be placed over the lamp so that the lamp could not be seen until the appointed time. When Gideon gave the signal, he shouted, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. That was when the men blew the trumpets. That was when the men broke the pitcher, the vessel. And that was when the light was able to shine. And you know what allowed Gideon's army to win that victory? It was not the vessel, but it was the light that shined from outside of that broken vessel. Say, but pastor, my life is not very put together. I got a lot of scars. I got a lot of regrets. I've got a lot of failures in my life. And I just don't know how God can use me. Well, guess what? 
when you've got the light of the gospel, it actually shines better through a broken vessel because that's when the light of Christ can shine out. Sometimes when we've got everything together, uh, uh, the, the job is good, the family's good, the health is good, the kids are good, everything's good. Sometimes that's when we don't share the gospel like we should. But sometimes when we're broken, we realize that it's not about us. It's all about Him. That's when the light can shine from and through our earthen vessel. You see, the focus is not on the vessel. The focus is on the treasure that we carry within the vessel. It's not about us. It's not about what we can do, but it's about what Jesus can do through you and through me when we carry the light and let the light shine for a world that so desperately needs to hear the truth. Our Father, I pray you take this message and these thoughts from your word, and I pray that we would have a desire and a passion to share the gospel with people. I pray you'd forgive us for times when our gospel has been hid. Forgive us when our witness has been silent. Forgive us when our testimony has not been clear and when our testimony has not been a testimony of pleasing you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us all to examine ourselves. May we all have a ministry, something that we do to serve you. Remind us of our motivation. It's the mercy that we have received. And Lord, I pray that you would please help us to realize that we are nothing without you. We're just earthen vessels. We're just human vessels that fall short. We're just sinful men and sinful women, but we have a message of salvation and we have the power of God and the Holy Spirit inside of us and we have a story to tell. And I pray that you would please help us to let that gospel be revealed. Help us to allow that gospel to be shared and to let that message be told this week. Forgive us for times when we have allowed our gospel to be hid. We pray you'd speak to our hearts today. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that has never trusted Christ as their Savior, they have never received the good news of the gospel. I pray that today they would receive it and know for sure that they're on their way to heaven. I pray that you do a work in our invitation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. And I'd ask you to come and find a place to pray. Uh, don't let your gospel be hidden. What can you do this week to share that? Maybe you want to grab some gospel tracts. We've got them in this back hallway on that side, on that side. You say, Pastor, I don't know what to say. Well, it's, it's written for you on the back of that. It says, here's what the Bible says, how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. People need this more than they need to hear the latest about politics or the latest about sports or the latest about this business or that business. People need the gospel. The gospel is the greatest news that we could ever share. We've, we've been shared the gospel. Someone told us, what are we going to do to share with others? If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, Maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online or listening on the radio, and right now you're thinking, I, I've never done that. I don't know for sure that I'm going to heaven. I'd ask you to come right now or contact us today, right now, and just say, I need to get that settled. Whatever the need is, the gospel can change your life. 
The gospel can change anybody who will receive it. It's good news. And it's available for every creature. I'm so glad that God has made the gospel available to anybody and everybody who will receive it. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.